I appreciate that. And there isn't anything greater than grace. Amen. Well, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. I want to share a message entitled Enhancing Spiritual Growth. We certainly know that we should be growing spiritually. Uh, and I'm sure that we have a desire to grow spiritually. But what can we do to enhance the opportunity to grow spiritually uh, in our walk with the Lord? And so we want to look at Ephesians chapter 4. While you're opening up there, if you're watching by live stream, make sure you open your Bibles up to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to begin reading in verse 11. Uh, but just an announcement here just for the anniversary coming up. Just want to remind you that uh, we'll be sending a letter out uh, letting you know the times and because uh, on the anniversary Sunday, the times of the schedules of the uh, services is going to change. And uh, we have a dinner, first of all, on Saturday night. We have a dinner uh, here at the church and a dinner and concert. Uh, you need to sign up for that. You need to register for that. So if you're watching live stream and you'd like to come to it, that's fine. You'll need to call the office uh, and let them know so they can get you signed up for that. Uh, if you're in the building here, if you'd like to come to the dinner, you need to sign up. All right. Uh, get, I saw a good number of people signed up already today. This is the first day that we put out the sign-up sheet. And uh, then on Sunday, Sunday morning, uh, we have the Morels are going to be staying over Saturday night and singing in their services Sunday morning. Dr. Shoemaker, of course, will be preaching. Sunday night, we have um, uh, ordination, laying on of hands of uh, probably four young men. Uh, we have four, uh, three scheduled from our church and then uh, one from Mainland Baptist Church will be here. I think they're going to be here for the laying on of hands also. And uh, so we're excited about that. Uh, for our discussion panel on the anniversary Sunday, uh, what we're going to do rather than have the three of us up here, uh, we're going to uh, ask uh, Dr. Shoemaker some questions. Amen. He's always asking us questions, so we're going to get him. And uh, if you have a question that is really on your heart, I'm not guaranteeing I'll ask it. But write it on a three by five card and get it to me. We, of course, we're limited in how many questions we can take, but I'd like to really kind of pick his brain a little bit about church ministries, uh, or, uh, churches ordaining uh, young men to go into ministry, and certainly some questions about the nuts and bolts of ministry. And I think it'll be a help to you. And certainly we'll be doing that live stream. That'll be a help to those that are watching over live stream. And we just want to have a great, great uh, weekend uh, with Dr. Shoemaker as we celebrate 40 years of ministry here in Tom's River. And then, of course, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, at 7 o'clock at night will be revival meetings. Dr. Shoemaker will be preaching each night, and so we want you to be a part of that. Make sure you invite somebody out to church. Bring them to church, amen, and uh, get them underneath the gospel preaching, and uh, we're praying that someone will get saved. Hopefully, you've been praying each day, specifically the scriptures that we had uh, put on our calendar for 40 days of prayer and fasting, and I believe that God will do something special. So let's look in Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 11, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, 
that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro with, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together tonight. It's been a blessing to be able to sing our congregational songs and the special music tonight. And uh, Lord, just uh, the hope that is ministered to us through these great songs, reminding us of the grace of God and the love of Christ and uh, the, just the, the, the presence of the Lord to work in our life uh, in a special way. Uh, God, we're, we're moved. Uh, we're touched. Uh, because of what we've been able to sing about. And now, Lord, we're encouraged and we're strengthened and motivated, Lord, to grow spiritually as we study the scriptures and, and look at what it is God has for us. And, Lord, may we be able to, to each and every day, Lord, be uh, able to acknowledge that the Lord has spoken to us, that the Lord has revealed some principle, some character trait of himself uh, that has impacted us and changed us mightily. And so I pray that you'd bless the preaching of the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this is a great passage. Verse 15 is our text verse, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And uh, this is a great passage because it's dealing with the preparation, if you will, of the saints of God for ministry. And we're always growing, or we should always be growing, and, uh, and, and letting the Lord prepare us for what it is he wants to do in our life. And uh, it may be a local ministry here in the church. It may be missions work. It may be full-time ministry work uh, in another church. Whatever it may be, God is always growing us and enabling us to know in a greater way who he is and what he can do in us and through us. It is certainly true that no church will really survive without people in the church being involved and committed and praying and ministering. Uh, that's all part of what it is to be a Christian. And uh, so we really want to do that. We want to be able to uh, discern in our life what is it that will enhance my spiritual growth, what will help me uh, move. I've often said my wife and I have never been discipled and uh, ever since we've been saved, but we just went to church. And went to Sunday school, went to church, and uh, as a result of that, God grew us. And uh, because of just being there to hear the word of God taught, absorbing it, soaking it in, applying it to our life, and it made a major difference in our life. And so if we are not going to be growing spiritually, we're not going to be enhancing our opportunity to grow spiritually the verse before, verse 15, our text, verse 14, says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. The danger of not growing spiritually is that we're tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive and the devil's always planning, plotting what he can do to grab your attention and cause you to turn away from the Lord. Real spiritual maturity involves personal growth. And uh, we ought to be growing. Uh, you may grow by leaps and bounds when you're newly saved. Everything's brand new to you. And you 
and you're just soaking it all in. But after you've been saved a while, that uh, process may slow down, but it gets deeper. And uh, certainly we shouldn't just constantly be on a superficial type of knowledge and understanding of Christ. There ought to be some depth of our understanding about who Christ is. And so it involves personal growth, but it also invokes growth in others. In other words, as you're growing in the Lord, you ought to be impacting others in the Lord. Uh, whether you're parents and you need to impact your children or whether you're in the church and you're impacting younger believers in Christ, whatever it may be, real spiritual growth uh, in acknowledges the fact that God is do, doing something in my heart, but he's also given me the opportunities to do something in the heart and the life of someone else, enhancing spiritual growth. So let's look at this. We're going to kind of take verse 15 apart a little bit and uh, think of some things here. He says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So I see the first part, the method of enhancing spiritual growth. There is a method that takes place. He says, speaking the truth in love. And so, oh, I want to be enhanced in my spiritual growth. I know the Lord speaks the truth to me in love. Uh, but if I want to encourage and help someone else grow in the faith, then there has to be this matter of speaking the truth in love. And uh, sometimes people just, you know, they're newly saved or they're young in the Lord. They're not doctrinally sound. They don't say the right things. I, and and you, they need somebody to help them to understand what is correct, but they need somebody to do it in a way that shows forth the love of Christ. Not a condemning, grumpy spirit, but just simply speaking the truth in love. Notice the technical information is speaking the truth. And so, yes, this matter of spiritual growth, there has to be information given. And uh, it's not just about sitting and thinking, okay, someday I'm going to know a whole lot about the Bible. No, you have to give technical instruction. I uh, need to identify the source of knowledge. Uh, we're going to look at a few verses back in Proverbs, come back here to the Ephesians, but uh, I kind of lined up. There's quite a few verses. We probably won't look at them all that I have down here, but I thought it would be good just to line them up where you can read them and go along uh, with the scriptures in Proverbs chapter one and verse seven says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so identify the source of knowledge. The source of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. If I fear God, I've reverenced God, uh, I, it's going to cause me to want to know more about who God is. It is a foolish thing for someone just to despise wisdom or instruction. A lot of times, I find this, people don't like to be told what they should be or what they should do. But if we're, not, if we're going to be able to grow spiritually, then somebody's got to invest time and knowledge and information in our life. And uh, we need to communicate the fear of the Lord because that's the beginning of knowledge. And notice in uh, chapter 1 of Proverbs in verse 29, it continues with that same thought. says, for that they hate knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Uh, listen, when we, we hate to be told what the Bible says, when we hate to acknowledge 
that God is to be reverenced and, and respected, uh, it causes us to not be fruitful in righteousness. It causes us not to be growing and being excited about spiritually growing. In Proverbs chapter 2, in verse 5, uh, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So there is this process that takes place, a technical information that you have to gain in order to comprehend all that God is. And, and so grasping the fear of God, understanding this reverence of God, exalting God and acknowledging who he is and what he can do in our life causes us to gain knowledge of God. And so it enables us to grow spiritually. In chapter 9 of Proverbs, and we'll just look at one more verse here. I have a whole lot of them, but that'll be enough, for, I think. You get the idea. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. And so over and over again, you see that concept, that principle that's laid out that we are to um, create or enhance someone's spiritual growth by identifying the source of knowledge. Uh, we do not grow spiritually by getting a better understanding of the world. We do not get a greater uh, spiritual insight by examining the times in which we live. I think a Christian ought to be aware of the times. They ought to be aware of what's going on in the world that we're in. But spiritual growth does not come from searching all this information about all these groups and all this, that, and the other that's going on in there, that does not create spiritual thirst or fear of God or an understanding of not, wisdom and the knowledge of God. The only way you do that is by finding out who God is according to the word. And so identify the source of knowledge. Uh, we are not growing spiritually if all we do is try to get information from the world. So identify the source of knowledge. Then specify the stability of that source. In other words, uh, if the information that you have has to be solid and not changing constantly. In James chapter 1, for instance, I'll just read this for you. Every good and perfect, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. And so the technical information speaking the truth involves a source that is trustworthy and a source that never changes. Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord, I change not. And so if we're going to be able to grow spiritually, we can't be tossed back and forth and about with every wind of doctrine, we need something that's solid, something that's secure, something that never changes. And that's why we turn to the Word of God and to read it, to meditate upon it, to study it, to apply it into our lives, and then communicate that in a successful way to others who need to grow in their faith. And it's the Word of God. It really does not matter what our opinions are. What matters is what God has said. And oftentimes what happens in uh, discipleship things, oftentimes what happens in churches is it becomes more about our preferences and more about our pet peeves than it does about what has God so stated. 
And so the source has to be stable, and the source has to be knowledgeable in reference to who God is. And so the method of spiritual growth is technical information, speaking the truth. But it's also emotional motivation. Notice it says in verse 15, uh, speaking the truth in love. That's the emotion. And what motivates us is the love. Why? Because love always moves us to obedience. In John chapter 14 and verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so love is a motivation. And uh, I love my wife. And because I love my wife, I want to do things for her. I want to take care of her. I want to provide for her. I, I want to make sure that I'm meeting her needs. And if I meet her needs, then I, she better respond and meet my needs. Amen? No. <laughs> Emotional motivation is our love that moves us to obedience to Christ. Uh, greater love hath no man than a man lays down his life for his friends. So love always directs us to sacrifice. And so it, it's not hard for someone who's growing in their love for Christ They'll say, okay, I'm going to sacrifice some time to do ministry. I'm going to sacrifice some time uh, to be able to uh, serve others. I'm going to sacrifice my life and say, Lord, wherever you want to take me, whatever you want to do in my life, I'm willing to do that. And, and it's not a burden because it's moved out of and motivated by the love of Christ that's in our hearts and our love that we have for him. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. And so our love for Christ is reciprocal based on the love of God for us. And so that being the case, then love is going to direct me to sacrifice. I have no problem in sacrificing money. I have no problem with sacrificing time. No sac uh, problem with sacrificing relationships or whatever because I want to grow closer to Christ. I want to be more like Christ. I like to know everything there is about Jesus Christ. And so love moves to, to obedience. Love directs us to sacrifice. And then love strengthens us for service. And Galatians chapter 5 Helps us to understand that in verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And so it strengthens us for service. If we Listen, if we really love one another, uh, then there is no uh, barrier, there's no hindrance for us to do what is necessary to motivate someone else to grow in the Lord. And so we want to enhance spiritual growth in our own life, but also in the life of others. So love moves us to obedience. It directs us to service. It strengthens us for service. And then it binds us in our devotion to Jesus Christ. And it is the love of Christ that is in us that literally binds us to the Lord and keeps us in a position uh, where we do not want to be removed from him, but rather we want to walk and be devoted with him all the days of our life. Mark chapter 12 in uh, verse 33 tells us, And to love him with all thy heart, with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, 
and with all the strength and to love his neighbor as himself is more of more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifice. So it's the love of Christ that is in us that binds us to be devoted to him. And certainly it is the love of Christ in us that binds us one towards another. And so the method of enhancing spiritual growth is speaking the truth. That's the technical aspect of it. But speaking the truth in love, that's the emotional aspect of it. And we're to connect with each other emotionally. And when, when we hear a message on uh, people that are lost and they need to be saved, there ought to be a connection emotionally uh, stirring our hearts to want to do whatever we can to bring them to Christ. When there's a message in reference to uh, this matter of growing spiritually, it ought to, the love of Christ that is in us ought to move us emotionally to be concerned about being a help to someone else. And so the method. We see in verse 15, the measure. He says here, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. That's the measure. We want to grow up in Christ in everything, not just a few things, uh, but everything. You know, it's easy for you to get caught up in just being focused on one thing. You know, there's churches that's, uh, that's focused on soul winning. That's all it is. Soul winning, soul winning, soul winning, soul winning. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's another aspect of spiritual growth, and that's discipleship. There's another aspect of spiritual growth, and that's ministering to the body of Christ uh, through the ministry opportunities that God may give you and in, in the gifts and the abilities that God gives you, you say, well, how much of it? What is the measure of this enhancing spiritual growth in others? We want them to grow in every area of their life. I want to grow in every area of my life. I've often said that, you know, I'm, I, I always on spiritual gifts tests that I've taken, I always fail and bomb out when it comes to mercy. And uh, I, there's not much mercy with me. I know that. And, but oh, I guarantee you this, though. Over the years, my mercy has increased. I've grown in mercy. And I, I notice it in my preaching. I don't know if you do, but I do. I notice it in dealing with students in the school. Uh, my wife tells me, she says, I'm just getting old, amen. You mellow out when you get old. <laughs> But I would hope, I would hope that I've been growing in mercy so I can exercise mercy to someone, amen? And uh, so the measure is that we're supposed to be spiritually growing in all things. You just can't use the excuse, well, that's not my spiritual gift. No, God wants you to grow in that area also. And so I want the Lord to encourage me, enhance my ability to be able to grow in all areas. How can that take place? And look at Ephesians chapter 6. It's only one page over. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18, uh, we think of growing in measure in reference to prayer. And uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's a mouthful. Well, that verse right there is enough to convict me for the next 20 years, I think. 
But look, notice in this matter of me, the measure of all things, uh, being able to enhance uh, uh, growth in our walk with God. First of all, in prayer, he says, praying. Praying is action. We often talk about we need to pray. Well, you're right. There has to be action to it. And when he talks about prayer here, he's saying that there needs to be involvement. There needs to be commitment. We're praying always. There's always action in going to God about our own needs, the needs of others, uh, for the move of God, the spirit of God to have freedom, have free discourse. Paul would pray, ask for prayer, that he would be able to preach the gospel. There would be a great door open unto him. I mean, there's just multitudes of things. When you talk about spiritual growth, then it moves us to action. But not just action, but pray, he says, praying always with all prayer. The word prayer there just means conversation. And uh, we're moved to action, but we're moved to talk to God. And as we were talking uh, in the uh, oh, um, discussion panel uh, this evening, we were talking about this matter of being alone with God in prayer. And uh, it is just a matter of just talking to the Lord. We don't have any problem talking with each other. We don't have any problem with talking about things that we're interested in with each other. Why is it when it comes to prayer, we have a hard time in having a conversation with God about things that God is interested in in our life, but also talking to God about things that we're interested in in reference to who he is. And so praying is the action. Prayer is the conversation. And then notice there's the petition. He says, and with all prayer and supplication. Supplication means to petition God, to intercede for someone. Uh, we supplicate for others. And so it's so important for us to be actively involved in praying for others because uh, we want to motivate them to grow spiritually. And so the measure is we want them to grow in all areas, so we need to be petitioning God to do something in their heart and on their behalf. And listen, God does hear our prayers, and God does respond in other people's lives if we just pray. And that's why I want to have 40 days of prayer and fasting, because if there is something that is desperately needed in the church of Jesus Christ is multiplied prayer warriors that's crying out to God and asking God to move so that we might be able to grow spiritually. And then notice it says watching. The word watching there means caution. When you're watching, you're being diligent. When you're watching, you're on guard. When you're watching, you're being cautious about where you're at, what you're experiencing, what you're doing. And so when we talk about the measure of enhanced spiritual growth, uh, we're gonna, our prayer life is going to change uh, because it's not just going to be, uh, Lord, provide for me for food, make sure you make, pay my bills this month and all that. Our prayer life is going to change where we start saying, Lord, protect so-and-so. God, please, oh God, put a hedge around me to protect me and help me watch out for these temptations that are coming in my life. We start praying with caution. And, uh, and so uh, you say, why is that? Because we must motivate others 
to be excited about growing spiritually. And there, we have to put up a hedge. We have to be cautious about what's going on. And then he says here, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Perseverance, we know, means dedication. Uh, God perseveres through with us, and uh, we just need to be dedicated in this matter of prayer. Because the more dedicated we are in prayer, the stronger we're going to be spiritually. And uh, it's not just a matter of studying the Word of God and being able to quote verses, but it's a matter of being willing to just keep going to God in prayer and not giving up for that person that's not saved, that family member that is lost, and, and you've been trying to lead them to the Lord. You need to keep praying for them because God can do something in their heart that you cannot do. And you've got to persevere through to the end. And, and so we can uh, create and enhance the spiritual growth in others. So in prayer. Look over in Hebrews chapter 5. And uh, it's just turn to your Bible to the right a little bit there. You'll be over in Hebrews chapter 5. Uh, we need to, when we talk about the measure in all things, it's not just growing in prayer, but growing in study. Chapter 5 of Hebrews in chapter 11, or chapter 5, verse 11, I'm sorry. <clears throat> it says, and of whom we have many things to say and are hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. And so when you talk about study, you talk about enhancing spiritual growth, that means you got to get over the hard-heartedness, and you got to get over the dull of hearing. So you need to be willing to listen openly. And uh, when God speaks, you need to be ready to hear him. Uh, you read the word of God, and as you read the word of God, uh, we can understand what it is that God wants to do in my life at this very moment. And so, but if you're dull of hearing, if you're not paying attention, you're not listening to what God has to say, uh, you'll miss the lesson that'll create a desire and experience of uh, uh, spiritual growth. And so you need to be willing to listen openly. In verse 12, notice you need to be willing to train intently. In verse 12, he says, for when, uh, for when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong drink. And so you need to be willing to train intently. In other words, it means to be with purpose of mind. Uh, there needs to be a reason that you're studying that passage. It's great to have our personal devotions, and we should have devotions every day. But you need to schedule in a timely manner, in a regular way, where you specifically are just studying certain principles in the scripture, maybe looking up phrases in the scripture. I did a devotional for the couples at the couples uh, retreat we just had, which I just put down verses that said one another. And you go through and look at the Bible, how many times it says one another. 
and uh, how we're supposed we're supposed to love one another. We're not we're supposed to not judge one another. Uh, that just thinking about how relationship building. You can read all kinds of psychology books and everything else about relationship building, but there's nothing more life-changing and power-packed than to read the Word of God when it says you need to respond one towards another. How? And then see what the Bible has to say about that and study and train intently. You need to be purposely mindful of what you're looking at in the Scriptures. Why? Because it'll enhance your spiritual growth. Notice also in verse 13 of Hebrews 5, we need to be willing to evaluate honestly. In verse 13, it says, For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Uh, notice, uh, evaluate honestly. Listen, don't convince yourself you're spiritual when you're not. Don't, don't, don't say, I've got it all together. And you don't. Uh, oftentimes we have prayer requests. Oftentimes we've been at men's prayer events. Uh, and it's time to pray and uh, time to confess sin. And nobody seems to have sin. Well, let's just be honest with yourself. Honest evaluation about where you are really with the Lord. I mean, if you were to be totally 100% transparent tonight. And I was to say, let's post it up on the screen where you are in your relationship with God, what would go up there? I don't know about you. That's very convicting to me. And so I need to read the word of God, being completely honest with myself and transparent with God because he'll show me the deficits in my spiritual life. And when he shows me those deficits in my spiritual life, it will enhance my ability to be focused on spiritual growth. And so we see that to exercise, I mean, to evaluate honestly. Then in verse 14, need to be willing to exercise aggressively. Notice in verse 14, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And so be willing to exercise aggressively. Uh, I remember years ago, and it was years ago, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps and we used to go to the gym. All right, man, I got my support group back there. And, uh, you know, we always went to the gym. We, I mean, we worked out, and let me tell you, we, we worked out, we worked out aggressively. And when we got done working out, then we'd put the boxing gloves on, we would box aggressively. We didn't say We, we boxed aggressively. And uh, there, 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 listen, he is saying this, as aggressive as you may be in physical exercise, you need to be exercising aggressively in your spiritual ability to grow spiritually in your walk with God. I mean, it's a serious business. And uh, so I don't worry, I don't do that anymore. I guarantee you that. I was going to the weight room. Boy, the only thing that would happen in there that would be heavy would be me. Amen. <laughs> so we need to measure in all things. So that involves prayer. It involves study. It involves family. Uh, how, how hard do you work at building your relationships 
uh, in your family. Um, you know, you say, well, my kids are all grown. grown. Well, that might be, but how, how, what kind of a relationship do you have with them? Malachi chapter 3, I'll just read this for you. Malachi chapter 4, I'm sorry, in verse 6, uh, tells us about this matter of relationships in the family. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Man, that's a serious statement. If there's some place we ought to be growing, our families ought to be growing spiritually. We talk about our families growing because we start having children and then our, we get older and we have grandchildren and we talk about the size. Uh, it's always interesting to hear people talking. They, they, they like to say, I have, ten great, 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 I have 10 grandchildren. They really like to say, well, I got three great-grandchildren. They like to get to that point. But the first grandchild to come, they're like, oh, I can't believe I'm a grandparent. And then it doesn't take long to start talking about how many grandchildren, how many great-grandchildren they have. Uh, but the reality is, is this, uh, how strong are you at building your family spiritually? It may be growing physically, but how strong, how committed, how resolved are you to growing it spiritually? So family, uh, I thought of this, the emotional attachment. He says, he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children. Uh, don't disconnect with your children. You know, it's interesting, the prodigal son, I'm always infatuated with the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. Uh, the father didn't, listen, he didn't go chasing after his son as he squandered his inheritance. But I can guarantee you one thing, the father was looking for his son and he was still connected with him. Because when the son comes back, the father's standing there ready to receive him. And so don't disconnect spiritually with your children. Your children, your adult children, need to know that the father's heart is connected to them. An emotional attachment. Uh, why? It's not just an outward provision, but it's an inward devotion. And, and we're, we're living in days and times where families are falling apart and families are so dysfunctional and kids don't feel that whether they're young children, teenagers, or whether they're adults that are out on their own do not feel that emotional connection. And as Christians, there ought to be an emotional connection with our children, irregardless of what stage of life that we are in. And God has so stated that he would deliberately turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And so there is an emotional attachment. So I want to grow. I want my spiritual growth enhanced by that emotional attachment. But there's also a respectful attachment because it says in the heart of the children to their fathers and certainly as a child that was in the home I obeyed what my parents told me to do other than when I was rebellious and got in trouble but as an adult man I had to take responsibility for myself and make decisions for my own family but I can tell you this I still respected my father and mother and I still respected what they had to say and uh, certainly we respected Joanne's mother and what she had to say. Why? Because there is, needs to be that respectful relationship that enhances spiritual growth. And so 
uh, respectful attachment means not just an outward conformity, but an inward humility. We often like to focus on the outward conformity, but spiritual growth reveals an inward humility. And so there needs to be this matter of growing and uh, maturing in the Lord. Well, I don't think I'm going to get through this thing tonight. Anyway, uh, in the church, there ought to be spiritual growth in prayer, study, family, in the church. Uh, remember that the church is a place of salvation. We're a salvation station here. That's what we're to be. We're, the focus is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The focus is not politics. And I've had people get mad at me because I won't preach on politics. I'll mention things that are going on, but I won't get caught up in this political movements and everything else. I don't endorse candidates. I don't tell people who to vote for. I don't get involved in these conspiracy theories and all this. I don't get involved in those things because the church is a place of salvation. It's a place of teaching. It's just interesting in Acts chapter 11 that the believers were called Christians first at Antioch. Why was that? Because of the discipleship, because of the teaching that went on. The church is a place to ordain elders. I'm excited about this anniversary because we have four young men we're going to ordain into the gospel ministry. Do you realize there are very few churches that are actually ordaining men in the gospel ministry? And I just was thinking about it. I don't know how many we've ordained in the last 25 years, but I'm going to tell you, it's a lot. And I'm thankful that God helps us after 40 years of ministry, the focus of the church when you talk about uh, enhancing spiritual growth is still involved in ordaining young men to go into the gospel ministry. And then it's a place of missions. And so we want to keep that walk, that in growth, that uh, experience that we have uh, in focusing on missions. And then you need to be on the job. And, uh, you know, we're to be a good example. Well, here's the last thought. So we have uh, the mo method uh, speaking the truth in love. We have the measure in all things. So every area of our life, we ought to be experiencing spiritual growth. And then we have the means. It says here, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. That's the means, Christ. Jesus Christ is the son of God. Acts chapter 8 and verse 37. You look up these verses later on. But Acts chapter 8 and verse 37, the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, when he got saved, he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Uh, the right understanding of who Christ is. He's not just another prophet. He's not just another teacher. He's not just another religious leader. He is the son of God. And then Christ is the end of the law. Paul tells us that in Romans chapter 10 and verse 4. Uh, we are not bound to the law because of the fact we fulfill the moral law of God through faith in Christ. Everything is in Christ. Uh, Christ is in you. According to 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, spiritual growth is enhanced with the reality that Christ is in me. If he's in me, then he's never apart from me. 
No matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, whatever I'm looking at, whatever I'm experiencing, Christ is in me. And then not only that, but Christ is the head of the church. And need to remember that sometimes. A lot, a lot of times churches start thinking men are the head of the church, but man is not the head of the church. It is Jesus Christ who is the head of the church. The pastor is nothing more than the under-shepherd of Christ. And the pastor must line up with Jesus Christ. In Philippians 2.11, Christ is Lord. We have no other Lord, we have no other Savior to turn to than Jesus Christ. In Colossians 3.11, Christ is all. There's not anything else other than Christ. There is absolutely no way that I can enhance my spiritual growth if I'm replacing Jesus Christ with anything in my life. He is all and he, in all. And then 2 Thessalonians 2.2, 2, Christ is at hand. If he's at hand, that means he's coming quickly. We've sung songs today about heaven, about the return of Christ. Uh, and literally, he is at hand. And I don't know about you, the fact that Jesus is coming in motivates me to want to know more about him. It motivates me to want to be ready for his return. Uh, I, I often think about, what if the trumpet of God was a sound right now and I'm standing before Christ? What would I say? The reality is every mouth will be closed. And God will judge us of what, how we lived our life. Christ is at hand. And then in Hebrews 9.24, Christ is entered into heaven. I'm thankful that he is ever interceding for me. So I have the ability to grow spiritually because I have an advocate. I have a lawyer who is defending me, who is presenting me to the Father in the heavens and is enabling me to grow. And so speak the truth in love that you may grow into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, enhancing spiritual growth. All of us have room to grow tonight. Every one of us have the opportunity to be able to know Christ in a deeper, greater way. And so it's just a matter of you deciding, uh, are you going to follow Jesus? Are you going to walk with him? Are you going to allow him to grow you and mature you? And in that process, be an encouragement and help someone else grow in the Lord. I have found this over the years. The greatest way to be able to grow spiritually yourself is to help somebody else grow spiritually. Because I'll guarantee you, when you're helping someone else grow spiritually, they're going to come up with questions that you're going to have to search and find out the answer. And uh, don't be afraid to say, I don't know. I learned that the hard way. I just felt that young, as a young pastor starting out in ministry, I felt like everybody was looking at me, that I had to have the answer for every question that they asked. And boy, I'll tell you, that was a difficult place to be in. And then I realized this, I'm just a man also. What makes you think I have all knowledge? I don't have all knowledge. And so if they ask me a question, I don't know. I'd say, hey, you know what? I'll check into that. That would be a good study. And i check into it. And so in, in involving or investing yourself in others will enhance your ability to grow spiritually. Amen. So we're going to pray. We're actually going to sing an invitation song tonight. 
And if you'd like to come and pray about growing spiritually or pray for someone else that you can encourage and help grow spiritually, you come as we sing our invitation song tonight. What is that invitation song, by the way? Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Man, that goes right along with what I'm preaching tonight. Amen. That's good. Let's pray.